Good morning. Welcome to Oak Ridge Community Church. Good to see everybody here today. Good morning. So you guys may have noticed we're kind of sprucing up the place out here. Hopefully you had a chance to take a look and see some of the new furniture and, and in the lobby. And uh, the main level bathrooms have been freshened up some. And I hope you'll give us your feedback on that. We are, we've, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with Ricky. A lot of good things happening. And I think Kira's going to give us some more information about what's happening on September 18th. There's going to be a big open house here for, for uh, caterers and people that might use this building. And uh, so just if you want more details, feel free to come and ask me, and I will be sure to let you know. Um, let me glance here at my notes real quick. Also, last week, uh, Shirley and I weren't here last week. We were up in Pennsylvania where I had the honor to officiate at the wedding of Sarah Fisher. Sarah married Corey Hackenberger. I'm sure many of you know Sarah. She's a young lady in the wheelchair that's, that was part of our church for many years. And now they're settling into um, central Pennsylvania and they're happily married. And uh, so anyway, I'm sure maybe even watching, sometimes they tune in. So Sarah and Corey, if you're watching, hello. I'm glad you're able to join us. Congratulations again on that. Um, just want to let you know the kids will be, um, Beth Racer will be having a children's segment today, and the kids are dismissed to go with Beth, and she will be uh, doing the children's segment downstairs, so kids, feel free to go ahead and do that. A couple other things are going on, not next, not next week, but September 11th is going to be our potluck, so just, we're bumping it back a week, so feel f please make sure that you um, mark that on your calendar. Um, other things happening in rapid succession, Eleanor is leaving on her mission trip, she'll be gone for three weeks. Sorry, three months. Three months. She's going, she's going to be going and doing with Great Commission Europe, the same folks that we go and do our um, annual mission trips. She's going to be going and joining the teams in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden, and Cologne, Germany. And their primary, their primary things they do there is they reach out to refugees, primarily Muslim refugees. So she's going to be joining some established teams there and being part, um, serving and learning and growing and it really using the relationships that we've built over the, over the years to plug in and use her own gifts as well. So please be praying for her. So with that, I'd like to welcome Kier to come and share with us this morning. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dave. Um, okay, so... Yes, as Dave mentioned, um, I guess it's three weeks from now. I have a handy-dandy calendar. Let me pull it up for you here. Whoops, helps you turn this thing on. Um, special bulletin. So the Gathering Place Open House, um, is that the right screen? Up here? Yes, the 18th. Um, so there's going to be an open house here for businesses and trying to encourage short-term leases to try to get the building to become a little more self-sufficient. And um, so because of that, uh, we will not be meeting here as a church in this space. Um, we're going to be gathering with life groups instead of here at the church. So just kind of keep that on your uh, calendar. If you show up, you might end up signing along short-term lease or something. So anyway, <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, so anyway, um, we're going to continue our new life series. I'm getting a little bit used to it. We have new and improved uh, PowerPoint thing. It's really helping me. Plus, I got new glasses, so I can actually read my notes. So this is, this is going to be a lot better. So 
Anyway, we're continuing the New Life series again. My name is Kier, um, and I'm just going to pray for a second just to settle myself down here, so, and help me pray. Please join me. <laughs> um, dear Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Um, thank you so much for that song. Um, Holy Spirit, you are welcomed, not just only here, but in our daily lives, Lord. Um, help us um, to um, be receptive to your input, to ask for your input, to um, to be just understanding the things you want to teach us. And um, we pray all these things in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Okay, so great. So um, the slide that you see on the screen now is um, a slide that Dave prepared earlier on in this series. And um, as I was preparing for today, I could see how this summer sermon series one new life has really been building. Um, if you recall, we initially kind of talked about foundational um, things, how our roots need to go down into the basics. Um, and then we were learning more about how to abide. And then for the last two weeks, uh, uh, David was talking about um, generosity and sharing ways of um, being fruitful in our lives with the people around us. And today we're going to continue that. We're going to be talking about um, the Holy Spirit and fruits of the Spirit. So um, what I'd like for us to recognize today uh, are a couple things. One, we want to recognize that there's a real struggle to have good fruit in our lives. Also, there, I want us to try to get a refreshed or get an understanding of what the role of the Holy Spirit is in that, since these are fruits of the Spirit. And so that we can be better, thoroughly so we can be better to prepare to experience what he's going to do in our lives and the lives around us. So there are two kinds of fruit. Um, and one kind of fruit is the product of our selfish nature. And it's in opposition to this new life that we've been talking about. And the other kind of fruit is the kind that's directed by the Holy Spirit. And this is talked about in Galatians 5 and 6. Um, um, so it says that this is, uh, there is a struggle between our selfish nature and the Holy Spirit of God. In Galatians 5, 17, it says, oof, I'm going to have to pull this up, sorry. <laughs> now my one side's bigger than the other, so I apologize. Bear with me here a second. says the old sinful nature loves to do evil which is just the opposite from what the holy spirit wants and the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires the two forces are constantly fighting each other and your choices your choices are never free from this conflict And we're going to see in Romans, uh, Romans 6, I have little bullet points, but those, that doesn't mean that I came up with those thoughts. Those are all in the Word. I just kind of line item them out. So it says, it warns us. These are warnings to Christians. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to lustful desires. Is this one that's up here? Yeah, I'm going to do it right. Okay. Do not let any part of your body become a tool for wickedness. 
continues, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. And if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. The sinful nature is always hostile to God. The sinful nature never did obey God's laws, and it never will. And that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Wow, let, let that sink in a second. That's pretty strong. Those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. As believers, should we back away from this statement? Should we cower in a corner and hope nobody hears or reads that? Um, should we quickly change the subject and say, God loves everybody, and he wants everybody to be true to themselves? I don't think so. I think it's in here for a reason to help us to go someplace that we can't go on our own. So, um, how are we believers different from those who are under constant control of their sinful nature? So by God's grace, what do we have that, that we didn't always have? What do we have that we didn't have before peace was made between us and God? And who did Jesus say would come to help us? Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, that's right, the Holy Spirit. And um, we have the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some things that um, Pastor Herschel Martindale had shared with me about the Holy Spirit um, that I think will really help us today. It may be something that you have a pretty good handle on. It may be something that you've forgotten. Um, but I, I think it's going to really help us understand the, Holy, the, the fruits of the Spirit and help us in our journey. So it's a series of questions. So the first one is, when do we receive the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> it says in Ephesians, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of salvation, having also believed, were sealed with the Holy Spirit promise. So, when we listened and we believed and we were sealed, we have the Holy Spirit and now how long will he stay with us jesus said in as recorded in john 14 and i will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever so how long he's going to be with us is he, he going to be with us a month from now when we have a real problem that we don't know how to handle he's going to be with us then he's going to be with us you know five years he's going to be with us 20 years if we live so long He's going to be with us forever. And what does he want us to do? What does he want to do in us? He wants to bless us by helping us do what is pleasing to God. And he wants to help us change the wrong habits that are controlling aspects of our lives. In the Ephesians 4 verse I have here, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom... You were sealed for the day of redemption. 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor be put away from you, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ Jesus also has forgiven you. Now, is there anything too hard for him? Okay, that's rhetorical. Everybody knows the answer is no, right? There's nothing too hard for him. Um, 2 Corinthians says, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, um, for power is perfected in weakness. And so this was Paul speaking, right? Where Paul was dealing with a problem, and he just wanted the problem to be taken away. But God said, No, um, my power is perfected in your weakness. So our weaknesses are actually going to be where we see God at work. I think our weaknesses are going to be the places that we more often see the fruits of his spirit showing up if we allow that. Um, last question. What can I do so that God can work in and through me? Well, 1 John 4 says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. I mean, we've been talking about um, being in the word and, or being devoted to the word, being devoted to prayer earlier in this series. Um, I'd also like to suggest one thing, something we can do is, um, is as early as we can in the day, get started with God and be like, God, uh, you know, it's a new day. I know I'm going to need you somewhere along the way, even if I don't know where it is just yet. Uh, maybe right away you know what it's going to be and you can bring that to him. Um, but start early and ask him to uh, be humble and ask him for that help. And um, another thought on this line is um, the, Michelle and I read a book um, years ago was of Gary Smalley and he was talking about the, the verse about where Jesus says, I am the vine and you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And um, he took it a step further and he basically told God, I'm a twig. Like, God, I'm just a twig. I am like the most brittle, the weakest, the weakest uh, piece of wood out there. And if anything is going to happen today that is going to be good for your glory, it's going to be only because of, of, of you, God. So, again, I just think it's starting the day humbly would really, really benefit us in seeing these fruits in our life. <clears throat> so, um, these Romans 8 verses are the flip side of the ones we read earlier. It says that those controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace, as opposed to decay and disease like we would see otherwise. So, so the Holy Spirit's going to control our life. I just wanted to touch on what, what do you think that's going to look like? Um, because, um, you know, how, how do I allow this outside entity, so to speak, to, to direct me? And 
all analogies break down the end, but I just want to use the GPS as an analogy, right? So GPS can get you from point A to point B, right? And you can just tell it where you want to go, and it takes you right there. You set it and forget it, right? Well, a lot of times we don't want to do that. We don't trust the GPS, right? And there's probably good reasons for that. Like, Michelle and I are talking, like, you know, we want to go north, and it's taking me south. Like, what's it doing, you know? Um, but, again, the GPS is made by, by man, whereas when God, when we ask him to direct our, our path, um, we can trust him. He's not going to screw up like GPS, you know? He's, we can trust that he knows there really, isn't an ac- there really is an accident up ahead that we need to go around, or there, there really is a reason that I need to go in this direction, and it, it may have something to do with something in my life that I don't know about. It may even be something to do with something in another person's life. So God will not, God will not steer us wrong. He will not. He, he, we don't want to hear God say recalculating, right? We don't want to, like, take the turn that he, he didn't tell us to turn. And then, I mean, he'll get us there if we do. But um, I just think we, we just need to actively turn on the GPS, turn on God and say, the Holy Spirit and say, I'm going to listen. And we need to do that every day and maybe even moment by moment. So back to Galatians, uh, Galatians 5.24, it says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Um, so, as we think about that, you know, we're saved in a particular moment of time and we become his child. But we need to constantly be coming and he's going to reveal new things to us that we maybe need to nail to that cross um, I mean, the verse says, um, those who belong to Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. But I think, I think that can be an ongoing thing. We're constantly finding new things that we have to nail up there. And I think this would also be a good place to ask, as you're going through your day, what kind of fruit are you seeing in your life at a moment, in a, in a moment? Um, are you seeing anger, impurity, jealousy, fighting, arguing, uh, drunkenness or idolatry? Are you seeing these things in your life? If you are, you need to recognize, hey, I see, I see anger, I see uh, fighting and arguing. I am not walking in the spirit at that moment in time. At the same time, you, if you see things like you are being loving, you are, you do see joy and peace and patience and self-control, then you are walking in the Spirit. You are being helped. You are receiving the help the Holy Spirit wants to offer you. So it says as we follow his direction, his fruit will appear. And now fruit, let's just get a definition of fruit. So fruit is something which originates or comes from something else. It's an effect or a result. And this may be obvious to you, but it really wasn't obvious to me. I never really made the connection that 
the fruits of the Spirit are really the qualities of God that he wants to see born out in our life. <clears throat> so as we follow his direction, this fruit is going to develop. It originates with him because it's, it's who he is. It grows by his design, and it's for his purposes. We're, just a, we're like a plot of land that we're responsible for this little territory um, but we're not the ones that make it grow, and we're not the ones who make it sweet and, and healthy. Galatians 5 continues, But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. And that, a lot of you will know these, and little songs and jingles might bounce around in your head right now. So the fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I am going to look at each one of these a little bit. Um, and I'd just like to begin with love. So when we give freely, um, it's love is when we give freely whether another person deserves it or not. And really, John 3.16 um, it just says that so clearly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. We know that we didn't deserve um, for his son to be sent. and We didn't deserve eternal life, but that's the kind of love that he has for us. And joy, let's skip over here to joy. So joy we can think of as focusing on God's purposes for the events in one's life rather than the circumstances. It's a purposes over circumstances perspective. And I know that um, maybe you are one of these people, but it's not my first inclination, at least, as, at least how I see myself. There's some people that you know that... Um, have really been through some really hard things in their life or are right in the middle of going through some really hard things. And, and you see how they're handling it, and you're like, at least I'm, I say, how, wow, how do they even do that? Like, how are they handling this change or this responsibility or this hurt or whatever it might be? And I really think it, this really helped me I really think it's, I'm not saying that, that those people understand the purpose exactly, but they're searching for a purpose. They know there's a purpose in what they're going through, and they're focusing on that rather than the circumstance itself. Uh, similarly, uh, peace is not the absence of turmoil. We can have peace it's present where a soul is assured of salvation and therefore fears nothing from God and is content with his earthly lot. So if we know where we stand with God, if we know that we are assured of salvation, then whatever is going on around us um, or whatever is ahead of us, um, there's no turmoil there. There's, there's, there's peace. Now, patience and long-suffering, depending on what um, translation of the Bible you have, um, 
Personally, I like long-suffering because I feel like I feel like it makes it so much more intense. It makes it so much more painful. It makes it so much more difficult to to think that I can do this on my own. This is the fruit of the spirit. It's it's this ability to endure ill treatment without lashing out. And example of this in Romans nine what God has done is that God has every right to exercise his judgments and his power, but he also has the right to be very patient with those who are the objects of his judgment and are fit only for destruction. <clears throat> Not quite as an intense one, but it might feel that way at the time, is for us is that we're encouraging in Ephesians to be patient with each other making allowances for each other's faults because our love always, uh, and, and because of our love, and we're encouraged to always keep ourselves united with the Holy Spirit. So right in the verse, it tells us, how do we keep this fruit? How do we see this fruit develop? It's by keeping ourselves united with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, kindness... Um, Romans 2.4 says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and restraint and patience, not knowing that the kindness of the Lord or the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Um, makes me think of that song, the scripture song, that the kindness, it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. And so if we stay in touch with the Spirit, our kindness, I think, will draw people to God so that they can, so that his kindness will eventually lead them to repentance, which is what he desires. <clears throat> and goodness, First um, Peter chapter 2 says, For you are a chosen people, you are a royal priest and a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into this wonderful life. So again, we are to be um, drawing people. God's giving us fruit <clears throat> that's going to help other people to know him. <clears throat> Faithfulness is being devoted to others to be relied on. And um, well, I'll read the verse and then I'll just my comment on it. It's Psalm 77 says, I will... I recall all that you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They're constantly in my thoughts, and I cannot stop thinking about them. And this reminds me of why we need to spend time with God, to remember what he's done, to be reminded to tell others, and then repeat back to the beginning again. Spend time with God, be reminded, tell others. <clears throat> but man, we can be so forgetful um, that... Um, and we, but we don't want to. We don't want to allow ourselves to forget about these qualities. And faithfulness is just one. <clears throat> now, gentleness, gentleness or meekness, um, David, uh, Dave Ferguson talked about this earlier on. It doesn't mean we're a pushover. To be meek and gentle, we can still have power, but defer that power to others or for the benefit of others. As Second Peter says, the Lord isn't really slow about his promise to return, as some, think, some people think. 
No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish. So he is giving more time for everyone to repent. And it could be no other really better example, too, of, of this idea of having power but not using it is, um, or not using it the way we would use it would be all that Jesus went through leading up to the cross and being on the cross, all that power that he chose not to lash out and strike out against those who were hurting him because of his love for us. And lastly, as far as the spiritual gifts lifted, listed are is self-control. That's releasing our grip on making decisions and choosing to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's also releasing our grip on our reaction, how we want to react to things that are going on. And, um, you know, for me, this is, one, this is one of those ones that's a little more challenging because... Um, I guess I'm one of those guys with a GPS that doesn't want to listen to it sometimes. But, um, like, when I do things, like, uh, well, I could look at this as, um, this could be, like, family frustrations or, for me, health, health frustrations. Um, <clears throat> some of you know I'm diabetic, and so there are certain things that, you know, you need to, just like with any health condition, you need to do or don't do so that you have better health and so you feel better and all those kinds of things. Well, but the fact is there are things that are sometimes out of, like, out of my control in this example. It's like, oh, my blood sugar is out of control because there was something in, something in that uh, dish that I ate that I didn't know was in there or I didn't, couldn't taste was in there. So now I've got a problem. Or I could have some, uh, I have an insulin pump, so I could have some, mechanical issue with that that now now I got a problem I did everything I was supposed to do but this thing failed or I have some physical issue where my insulin is not absorbed in a certain spot and I don't know it a lot of the times I don't know these things until I'm already you know I'm already into the rough <laughs> so to speak so for me staying self-controlled and being like okay God I okay what do I, I know what I need to do to deal with this now, but like I'm just mad that it happened to start with, and I can like tend to like not be self-controlled and not, uh, you know, not in that moment ask for help. And uh, it's his help's always there, but I don't know. So it's it's just it's just an example of something in my daily life that I know he wants to help me with, and maybe for you it's anger or something else on a totally different subject. Um, so again, I just, just to, um, reiterate, just, we need to keep in mind that, that we have a struggle, it's right there, I love that line earlier on, it says something like, um, the struggle will be in every decision that you make, or something like that, it's like, well, okay, that narrows things down, so we're, we've got a struggle for fruit in our lives, and we need to understand the Spirit's role. We need to, we have this resource, you know, like uh, I really appreciate that, James, what you're sharing about this, he can come and go in the house whenever he wants, right, you know, but it's like we've got this resource let's, let's, let's use it. He, he's here for us. He wants to help us to be a part of his plan here on earth. And as we do that, we're going to experience what he's going to do. We're going to see fruit 
that we wouldn't see otherwise. And we're going to see changes as a result of that fruit that would go undone if, if he didn't intervene and we didn't cooperate. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the fruits of the Spirit, and we thank you for the Spirit that gives them and helps us to um, be a part of seeing them grow here on, in our world. Lord, there's, there's opposition around us to a lot of these fruits, and um, help us to just stay in touch with you so that we can be a part of you building your kingdom and being a part of seeing um, this new life for ourselves continue and new life begin for others. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.